stories we can tell. So glad you stumbled upon the show. I'm Jim McGinnis, and I guess I'm the perpetrator of all this. You know, like so many others, Ernest Hemingway insisted that the truth is manifested in fiction as well as fact. A figurative expression can be as powerful as a literal one. That said, I sometimes choose to use fictional characters to tell my stories. There's a guy you're going to meet sooner or later, Quinn, Francis Quinn. He happens to be a main character in a book I wrote, a composite of several heroes and mentors that uh, glued together by my own conscience and ego. The young woman walked up the steps and through the double glass doors. She shifted her young daughter onto the other hip as she moved down the hallway. Jody Richardson had been away from this place for months, and there was a lot she missed, but nothing more than an eccentric old man who taught history. The fourth door on the left, Jody peeked through the small rectangular window, and there across the dark room, she could see Frank Quinn sitting at his desk with his feet propped up. He was dozing, and it startled him when she knocked and walked in. He jumped up, trying to get his wits about him. Well, this is a pleasant surprise, Quinn said, as he came across the room to greet them. I heard you were having trouble, Jody said, but Quinn ignored the remark. He was thrilled to see mother and baby. You look great, Jody. How's things? Thanks, she said, still trying to get the baby weight off. Quinn, you look like hell. Drinking a lot? No, not really, he lied. And I'm not sleeping much these days. Jody made a face. The baby stared at Quinn, then smiled. He held out his arms and said her name, Stella. She reached for him. Jody laughed and handed her over, Grandpa chosen. Holding a baby lifted the weight of the world from his shoulders. He kissed her cheeks repeatedly. I'm okay, Jody, Quinn answered without taking his eyes off the child. No trouble, everything's a-okay. Well, what's up then, she asked. Haven't seen you in a month. Damn, it's been that long? Yeah, Quinn, it's been that long. I ran into Ray in Publix and he told me you were scuffling. Whatever that means. Ah, scuffling is a baseball term. And you just happened to bump into him? He's the guy who won't sign his evaluation. Ray's scuffling himself. Jody shook her head and smiled. Nothing much had changed. He said you were unraveling. She left it at that. Gwen rolled his eyes, but there were signs that unraveling may well have been the right word. His arguments with administrators, his altercation with the man on the bike, and his roguish disregard for classroom protocol were all symptoms of a move further toward the fringe. Quinn, I drove by your house a few times. Couldn't tell if anyone was home or not. I didn't want to get attacked by dogs. Oh yeah, they're ferocious. Stella was playing with a gold chain around Quinn's neck. What's the brown one's name? Jody asked as she looked at the dog pictures in the bulletin board. Donegan, he said. It's Irish for the brown one. She laughed with disbelief. Figured I'd hear from you, she said, the smile leaving her face. 
I've been writing again, Quinn answered apologetically, living on that back porch, aside from a few trips. Quinn didn't mention how many times he had driven by Jody's place. He had helped her move in back in the fall, and he didn't like it then. She had insisted on renting a house rather than stay at her apartment. It was okay, but the neighborhood was run down, and every time Quinn drove by, there were the same characters sitting around. It worried him. I got this, Quinn, she said at the time. He said nothing back. Since when is Ray doing his shopping over here, Quinn probed. He's a beachsider. Jody's mention of him is still simmering. I don't know. Looked like he was just buying a few things. Quinn was suspicious of this story. It sounded like Ray was calling in reinforcements to help his buddy. That wasn't like him, though. Ray and Quinn usually kept things between them. But out of the blue, his daughter had called to check on him, and his son had asked about going out in the boat next weekend. Was unraveling your word or his? Stella started fussing, and Quinn instinctively started dancing with her, humming an obscure Dylan tune. His word, not mine. But is it true? He laughed. Bloody ironic, Ray Donahue's wanted been raising hell with the administration. He seems to see things better in the middle of my meltdown. Meltdown, she asked. Ah, let's just call it an episode. Quinn was quick to try to change the subject. So you're coming back to school? In August, I hope. My mom is moving down here to help me with Stella. Things are better between us. That's good to hear. I think I'm supposed to get evaluated this week, Quinn said after a moment. Great, Jody said. Who's observing you, that Dave Blank guy? No worries. Jody smiled and stared at him. It's good to see you, Quinn, she said. Donahue stopped talking and hurried over to the door. Before he was even outside, John Clark was telling him that they couldn't find Frank. He walked out of his class while being evaluated. Ray sighed and cursed quietly. Will you watch my class? Uh, actually, John answered with a hint of a smile. I'm watching Frank's class. I don't know where the hell blank went. John sighed. Just go and I'll find somebody. Ray walked downstairs through the glass doors and out into the cool of the morning. He crossed the courtyard and turned toward the baseball field. It was going to be a beautiful Florida day, and he kept looking up as he made his way. He walked through the open gate beside the locker room. There, sitting in the third base dugout, staring across the ball field, was Francis Quinn. Quinn turned and saw Ray come around the corner, then looked back at the diamond. I was half hoping the sprinklers would be on when I came out. There's something about watching sprinklers. Ray sat down beside him without saying anything. Quinn sat comfortably, legs crossed, arms spread over the back of the bench. You miss it, don't you? Ray said after a minute. Quinn smiled every damn day. Me too. 
That was the first time Quinn heard Ray say anything about missing coaching. Mornings are nice this time of year, Ray said after a long pause. weather wasn't simply idle conversation between the two. Both the native and the transplant had learned long ago to take in the beauty around. And besides, to be a decent baseball coach at any level, he had to be part weatherman, part farmer. Gwen didn't answer this time. The fact was mornings were nice all year round. This was Florida, but Quinn didn't feel like mentioning that. It usually led to a long, nostalgic monologue about the Florida of his youth. Talks that Ray Donahue seemed to find unbearably sappy. Quinn would wax sentimental about old Melbourne, and Ray would bust in with hilarious sarcasm about the good old days without a mall and indoor plumbing. He would set traps in which Quinn would innocently fall each time. Yes, Francis Quinn could be a source of amusement. We gotta go back, Frank. We'll just say you got sick. Leaving the class unattended was not a small matter to tightly wound administrators. Yeah, I know, he said without moving. Figured you'd find me out here. You got kids in your room, Frank. They're waiting for you. Quinn laughed. No, they're not. They're all on their friggin' phones, a thousand miles away. Maybe you're right, maybe they are. But two or three might be waiting. For you. Frank heard that part. Somewhere deep beneath Ray's hard shell was a hopeless romantic. You too, my friend, are a greater fool. What? Never mind, Quinn said. Never mind. His voice trailed off. Remember the time you are going to go take that job at Central? Yeah, that was 30 years ago, Ray answered. When I thought you were leaving, Quinn continued, I started to say something cheesy and you stopped me. You told me not to say anything. I don't remember that. I do. Ray paused and then said, Frank, what in the hell does this have to do with anything? The remnants of his New York accent put an edge on his words. I don't know, Quinn said. I was just thinking about that day. It did have to do with all this, but Frank Quinn left it for his friend to figure it out. Are you okay, Ray? Ray asked in a calmer voice. What set you off? Quinn didn't answer. Ray sighed. So Francis, is it true you haven't given a test all term? Quinn turned and looked at Ray as if to say, are you surprised? He told him how when Jefferson started the University of Virginia, he had no grades. A student just stayed until he felt like he learned enough. Is that true? Ray asked. Or did you just make that up because you know I'm too damn lazy to check your story? It's true. Well, I really don't give a shit, Ray said. Frank laughed. You know, I was reading this article in the Wall Street Journal the other day. Ray stopped. You're reading the Wall Street Journal? Am I supposed to be impressed? Quinn stopped. Did you really leave Dave in your classroom? Yep. John said he left. I guess he wouldn't know what to do with a room full of students, Ray said. Imagine that, that guy evaluating me, said Quinn, pointing to his chest. It's just a hoop, Frank, Ray said with all the assurance he could muster.
survey who comes up with these reforms. If they had any earthly idea how to teach, they would know it's all bullshit. How many times have you coached me on this, Frank? Ray said. He was struggling with the new teaching protocol, but he seemed more at ease talking Quinn off the ledge than handling it himself. Quinn was oblivious. That guy gave me, again pointing to his own chest, a developing in his last observation. Ray started to say something, but that stopped him in his tracks. He gave you what? Now that's BS. After 33 years, I need development in offering engaging lessons, Quinn made quotation marks in the air. What in the hell is that about? Well, from what I hear, you do give some pretty damn boring lectures. Ray's attempts at humor rarely failed, but this time it did. Out of habit, he got up and started picking up trash in the dugout. That's not your job anymore, Ray, Quinn said. What's your job, Frank? Ray answered, showing no satisfaction with his comeback. Quinn said nothing. Those kids are waiting. I know where your heart is, no matter where the hell your head's at. Thanks, Ray, but I'm not spitting on my whole life. Long pause. Quinn was drifting off again. Monty Walsh said that, an old cowboy. Yeah, and I said, you got a pension to worry about, and I ain't no cowboy. Ray seemed worried. Frank was acting more and more like one of those daft hyacinth characters, but no one would be there to write the happy ending. Congrats, Ray, Quinn said, shifting gears. Lots, Frank, and I don't want today to be one of them. How about you? That's what you wanted me to say, wasn't it? Maybe I regret being good at this once. I wish sometimes that I had never been good at it, or I should have gotten out at the top of my game, Quinn lamented. Well, thank you, Jimmy Brown, Ray said. He sat back next to Quinn and then turned and faced him. Frank, you're full of shit. His irritation was palpable. It was never about being good. It was about doing your job good. Stop trying to be good, Francis. Just do your damn job. I hope you're listening to yourself, Ray. I don't need some goddamn Bill Belichick sermon. I do my job, motherfucker. Quinn said nothing else for what seemed to be a long while. Maybe he had, an ex he had expected a little more understanding from his old friend, but today he wasn't gonna get it. Finally, Quinn spoke again. A man can't even feel sorry for himself once in a while. Oh, come on, Frank, what a crock. Why do you get all bent out of shape about these evaluations, and you don't? I'm not the one sitting out here during my class. Yes, you are, Ray. Right next to your old buddy. If you didn't want to hear my shit, why didn't you stay your ass in there? Because I'm your friend. Friends, let friends vent, Quinn snapped. Not always, Francis. Not always. Ray shook his head. What's it going to be, Frank? 
you want to be left alone or do you want to be honored and loved by this new regime? What's it going to be? Can't have it both ways. Yeah, I know that, Quinn answered, folding his arms. Can't sit out here all day, said Ray. Did I ever tell you about visiting the Navajo reservation, Quinn asked, coming out of left field? I saw crippled children playing in the snow barefoot. You've never even been out west. I sure as hell was when I was in the army, Quinn thought for a moment. Was this staggering image actually a memory, or was it something he had read, or even imagined? What is it that you want? Quinn grabbed the bench with both hands and stared down at the floor. What do I want? I want them to stand on their desks. What? The kids. I want to dazzle them like I used to. And I want to teach them true history. The kids, they're the ones I care about. And I'm losing them. Especially the ones sitting in your room for the last 20 minutes. What do I want, Quinn said again? I want to know that after I'm out of here, somebody will still be fighting the fight, still teaching the old stuff the old way. But Ray, it ain't gonna happen. Francis Quinn was beginning to see himself as others did, the greater fool, exceedingly idealistic, unrealistic, and impractical. He was caught in the grip of a starry-eyed vision. Usually he had caught himself and laughed it off. With Quixote, he said after a minute. What? Ray asked. Don Quixote. Ray checked his phone and then got up. I'm going back to my classroom. If you want to stay, stay. But I'm going back. Quinn got up without hesitation and followed him out of the dugout. How about a cold one after work, he said, flipping the switch. Just what you need. How about a ball game instead? Ray asked as they walked. Jeff's got him playing pretty good right now. Quinn didn't answer. So what are you doing on spring break, asked Ray, in search of small talk. Headed to the Keys, answered Quinn. How about you? Relaxing. Relaxing as much as possible. Whatever happened to the idea of you and me announcing the games, Ray asked. Ray laughed loudly. Yeah, I'm Ralph Kiner and you're Jimmy Pearsall. Pearsall was the crazy one, right? Yep.